Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? And as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for downloading, tuning in, streaming. However you take in my podcast, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, if you're new, welcome. If I saw you in Cleveland or Baltimore recently, what's up? This is my podcast. It's about 20 minutes or so. I talk about the different things that are going on in my life. Uh, sometimes it's fucking silly, sad, I'm pissed off. This is my outlet. So either you enjoy it or you don't, but welcome. Um, <clears throat> man, I, um, I, you know, I'll start with my milestone. For those who don't know, uh, my wife and I, we have a nine, soon to be 10-year-old son named Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. And uh, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's nothing. And right now he's kind of, um, he's, he's doing pretty well. Uh, he did a weekend camp. He he did have a rough day. Uh, when he had a rough third, was it a Thursday? He had a, a pretty bad um, uh, panic attack and he, he didn't go the next day, but we finished it out Friday. I let him know, Hey, uh, you started something, you're going to finish it. And you know, we just, we just can't waste money. We just can't sign up for something and go, Oh, we're not going to do it because we don't feel like it. But uh, he, he got through it, and uh, he, had, he had a good time. Now, if you don't know, my son has ADHD and a lot of anxiety and stuff. So it, it's, it's, been, um, it's been a journey get him to, getting him to where he is now. And he, he's doing pretty well. He, he has some setbacks. We all do. And it's just getting through those. Uh, the last couple of weeks, he had some really rough times dealing with uh, intrusive thoughts of, about dying and us dying. And uh, we've we've seemed to got we've gotten through that, and um, he he seems to have come out the other side pretty well. So now we're just trying to um, still trying to find him a therapist, somebody to talk to. Uh, but he he is getting better. I'm I'm so proud of him. He's uh you know he's he's able to uh, just cope a little bit better. He's better at expressing himself. And I really like, I think I might've mentioned this before, but uh, the intrusive thoughts made him not want to be alone. So he would want to sleep in the bed with my wife or have her come in there. It, it was that bad. But um, I might've, I can't remember if I mentioned that, but he told me uh, about a week and a half ago that he really loved his room. He said he feels uh, like uh, powerful in his room. Like he can do anything in there. So that made me feel good knowing that he feels like his, his bedroom is a, is a safe space and he, he could control um, his thoughts and what he's feeling in there to a degree. So that, that made me feel good. I, I feel like I might've mentioned that if I did, my, I apologize, but that was a, that was a big, uh, a big thing uh, for me to hear him say that he saw his room as a, a, a power. He saw it as a place where he felt powerful, you know, where he could really can control things. And and that's the big thing that I, I really I'm really trying to we are trying to hit home with him. It's just like we have to learn how to we might not be able to control uh, what we think, but we can try to control how what we think makes us feel, and if it makes us anxious or scared or worry, just to realize and know that every thought in your mind isn't your thought; it's just coming and going. And he really took to that that saying about. Um, uh, you know, the, the thoughts may come in, but don't serve them, don't serve them tea. Uh, and I, I know I mentioned that, but he seems to be doing pretty well. 
Um, for me personally, whew, it was it's been a trying uh, it was a trying week, you know. Traveling is not uh, I don't like to travel. I have to be honest. I'm not I'm not a big I'm not a big travel guy. Uh, I, I I'm like uh, a lot of people. I the inefficiency and just the clusterfuck of the airport and the airlines, how they just really don't give a fuck about people. It's about making money and they're canceling flights left and right. And it just really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, I don't, I can't remember if I mentioned, but I had a great time in Baltimore. Uh, I did a couple of nights at the Bagoobies opening for Mark and my boy, Umar Khan. Uh, that was fun. Umar did his album. He got it Saturday. I wasn't there. But from what Mark and them said, he fucking killed. So we're looking forward to seeing new Umar's new special. Um, yeah, Magoobies is uh, it was fun, man. I, I hadn't hosted in a while. I kind of forgot a little bit uh, of the uh, the host and stuff. I think I talked about this already. So I'll move on. Baltimore was great. I'm glad Umar got a special. Uh, he got he got that done. And uh, this Saturday, this past Saturday, I was just in Cleveland, Ohio, with Mark opening for him at the Agora Theater. And um, so I, I left. I was planning on leaving Saturday. And at the time when he first told me I was not in the mood to drive. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to fly. I got the ticket. Uh, and the night before the flight, it's like nine o'clock to go. Your, your, your flight's canceled. And I'm like, well, shit. All right. So I call around. I, I can't find anything that that's going to get me there in time. They want me to drive to. Well, they canceled my leg from Charlesville to D.C. And as much as I drive to D.C., I don't want to drive to the airport. I, I don't. You got to leave four hours early. You know, I, I just didn't want to do that. And if I wanted to do that, that's what I would have done in the first place. And that is something that I hate about any customer service, especially the airlines. Well, we can get you on this day. It's like, bitch, if I wanted to fly on that day in that time, I would have done that. And the, the one ticket they did find me that would have got me there at a decent time, I would have I would have had to pay more because I, I got one of those like uh just a cheap ticket. And I was like, look, I'm not paying for shit. This is all on you. You cancel the flight. If you're not going to give me this seat for what I've already paid, I'm not doing it. Just go ahead and cancel it. So they canceled it, get an email and it shows my return leg is still active. All right. I go, cool. So I'll just get a car one way and um, I'll fly back. So I rent this car. I get up Saturday and I drive to Cleveland. It's only like six and a half hours. It's really not that bad. I get there around five. Um, show was at seven. I was originally originally supposed to get there at nine thirty, and uh, try to have lunch with my with my boy Brent Terhune. He's uh, headlining hilarities, so I thought I was going to have time to maybe uh, go out to eat with my boy, relax, chill, all that type of shit. No, I get into town two hours before the show, so check in. That goes smooth. Um, I get to the theater. It's a nice theater. My cousin, my aunt's there. His girlfriend's there. Uh, you know, I meet up with them. But I get backstage and I, I find my merch and everything. Mark shows up. My boy, my boy Bill Squire, who is emceeing, he shows up. We're all chit-chatting, laughing, having a good time. Uh, Jeremy Demery shows up. He's filming everything. Uh, he's also the guy who wanted me to do another show after the theater show. But I, I couldn't commit to it because I was just like, I don't know who I'm, how I'm going to feel. I was like, I'll talk to Mark and we'll see. 
I'll see if he wants to go. He, I'm pretty sure he will, but I just don't know if I can commit to doing a, another paid gig after the show. I just might be too tired. And um, so we do the show. The show goes great. Uh, a lot of fun. Thank you so much to everybody in Cleveland. If you bought a shirt, if you met me, if you follow me on social media, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Mark fucking leveled the place. Bill killed. I had a good set. Uh, I got to hang out with my aunt, and uncle, my aunt and cousin, and his girlfriend for a while. Um, this is this is the fun parts of comedy. So, in the past, Mark and I have done uh, hilarities together, which is like the premier club there in in Cleveland. We do we've done that club a couple of times. Sam and Nick Costas, Nick Costas owns it, and Sam is the uh, general manager. He goes, hey, won't you guys come on over after the show and uh, grab a bite to eat? So they they kept the restaurant open for us um, upstairs. Uh, we run down. We well, we get over to the uh, to the club after our show. You know, shaking hands. They took pictures. We got paid all that kind of stuff. And then Dimery drives us over to um, Hilarity. So we get to Hilarities. We run down. We see Brett Terhune. He's down there killing. And then we go upstairs, and it's and it's really like some shit out of like Goodfellas or some shit like that, man. It's a very nice, classy restaurant. You know, they give us a, one of those nice uh, C-shaped booths. They come over. I, mean, I want to say like all the appetizers are at least like fifteen bucks. I want to say the average price for the entree it has to be. 25 to 30 now and i'm not saying like this is the most expensive restaurant in the world but this is a nice this is a pretty nice place all right you're not gonna get out of here on a date for less than a buck 50 you know you can eat you yourself if you do appetizer uh entree maybe a drink or or dessert you're not gonna come out of there on a hundred dollars all right if you if if, so it's, it's a nice little place and, you know, we get the waiter. They send the waiter over. She's waitress over. She's funny. We're all busting balls. Nick Costas is telling stories. Nick Costas is like this old school Greek guy. He's got to be a thousand years old, but he's just one of those old dudes that's still in shape. I think he used to box back in the day. He may or may not have been involved <laughs> with organized crime. <laughs> he's just one of those old dudes where you're like, man, I know you used to do some wild shit back in the day. You know, but he's telling stories. Um, he's just, you know, letting Mark know how proud of him he is. And, and back in the day, how, uh, you know, how like they were, he was struggling to sell tickets. And over time, he was selling the place out. Now he's doing theaters. And, you know, it was just, it was a nice moment. And we got the shrimp cocktail, meatballs, uh, nice beet salad. We got fish, chicken. It was just, they just really hooked us up. And uh, it, it just felt they do that. I can't even get it out. I'm sorry. I get so worked up when I talk about this place. It's a classy place. And it seems so old school. They treat you with so much respect. And just they act like you're the biggest deal in the world. They want to know what's going on with you, your family, any gigs you got going on. How's everything going? Did you make it through the pandemic? They just really make you feel special, man. It feels like a family over there, you know? And uh, we we weren't even working that club, and they were still like, "No, come by, come by. We got you. We, we're gonna feed you." We tipped the hell out of the waiter waitress for um for staying late. You know the 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 the, um, the cook staff was still there, man. You know, made sure everybody was taken care of. 
Uh, it was just cool, man. I, I love I love those moments. So then we eat, and Dimmery was like, well, I still got the show at 11.30, and I'm like, hey, Mark, you want to go? He's like, fuck it, let's go. So we go over there. Uh, so it's me, Mark Norman, Brett Terhune, um, my man Rand, uh, Cincinnati cop, uh, Cincinnati comic. I can never pronounce his last name, but I want to say it's like Barnaclardo. He's there, super funny dude. Uh, so we're at this, um, it's like a sour brewery in like, probably like a kind of, it's a little hoodish area in, in, uh, Cleveland, but, uh, it's a nice little venue, man. It's, it's packed out. It had to be about 30, 40 people there. Uh, a bunch of comics came because they knew Mark was going to be there. And, um, I did five. I think Mark did 10. Terhoon did about 10. It was a great show. We had a lot of fun, man. I, I, I love that. You do the big, big show. You know, a thousand plus people, and then you go do a 30, 40, 50 seat spot, local local spot. That's also a, a lot of fun to do that right after. That's kind of like uh, when you when you're driving. The, the you got the uh, the AC on and the windows down. You're kind of getting the the best best of both worlds. You know, you got you you're doing the the dream gig at a at a, at a theater, and then you you go back to your roots and you're doing a little brewery. A little bar, a little bar show at, at eleven thirty at night in the hood. So it was a, uh, it was a fun night. It was a long night. We stayed out to about two thirty, uh, just busting balls, talking shit, talking comedy. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So shout out to uh, Demery and those guys. I want to say his name, oh, man. I feel bad. I don't remember everybody's name. It's not like they're gonna fucking listen to my podcast anyway. But to Demery and, and the guys at the Secret Society show, something like that. But. And I guess it switches around every week. Um, yeah, I, I I really like the idea of the late night shows. That's I really I really like that. One of my favorite things to do in DC back when uh, Big Hunt was open. Uh, you do that at eleven thirty at Big Hunt. Uh, it was the best. It's such a great comedy city, and DC is one of those places. It's so much comedy going on. Even if you're on top of comedy, you don't always know who's there. Because there are a lot of there's so many colleges and stuff schools in that area where there's stuff going on and you the public's not invited so you don't know people are there. Like the one night I showed up and uh Michelle Wolf and Michael Che were there because they were doing something at like George Washington University or American University or something like that. Just one of those schools where they had a show and it wasn't open to the public so you you really didn't know unless you lived there that they were going to be in town or you went to that school. But stuff like that, man. Um, so that 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 had to be a great show for the audience. Uh, I can't, I cannot throw myself in there because the local talent was great on the show. But if you like comedy, you go to a late show and then boom, you get a Mark Norman pop in. I mean, he's blowing up right now, so that's a huge get. That's a huge get. He he crushed it. Brett Terhune, he's definitely nothing to sneeze at. Man, he's been killing it on during the pandemic. Uh, social media wise, I mean, for the last two years, I'm, I mean, his videos have millions of views. He might not be as like uh, famous or get stopped as much as Mark does, but he's 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 up there. So that was a great show for those for those folks, man. And uh, it really, I like being a part of something that helps validate a, a show like that, man. They were doing well before, but when you get drop ins like Norman and Terhune, that would that really boosts the uh, the um, the reputation the cachet for that show and those guys that run the show. 
So shout out to uh Dimry and his whole group um for having us. Shout out to um Nick Costas and Sam for having us at the uh at Hilarities. And to everybody at the Gore Theater, man. I had a I had a great time. And one last shout out to the Golden State Warriors, man. They uh they did it. They did it. Um yeah. <laughs> Boston, they just they ran out of gas, man. They the Warriors been there before. The the uh experience in the playoffs is is big. I, I you know, it would have been I I went with Boston just because I I couldn't go to West Coast team, but I, I you you got to tip your hat off to the experience and the, the play of Steph Curry and that entire uh team, man. And man. Steph Curry. Let's see if we got it. He's 34. Damn, he's also from Akron. That's so funny. I didn't know that. Two of the best basketball players from the, to ever to, for the world to ever see from Akron. I need to uh let me see. I gotta look up his uh his this motherfucker was born in 1988. Damn. All right, I gotta I gotta look this up. He's a four-time NBA champion. He has a finals MVP. Two-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, an All-Star MVP, four-time NBA first team, three-time second team, uh, two-time scoring champ, steals leader for a rookie, uh, all-rookie first team. Yeah, man, this guy, I mean, four, okay, four rings, finals MVP, NBA MVP, two of those, eight All-Stars. Yeah, man, this guy... He's at the table, man. There, there's there's no way that Steph Curry uh can't be mentioned when you when we're talking about the greatest players of all time. Well, he's up there with the Kobe's and the in the in the LeBron's and the 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 uh, Magic Johnson's uh, Magic oh, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, he's up there, man. He is up there. He is up there with the Kareem's. Um you might want to fight it, but he's up there. He just he doesn't look at the guy. He looks like a sweet kid. Six two, fucking gray eyes. He looks like a uh, just a fucking a kid who he doesn't have the killer look. <laughs> That's all I can say. Some little light skinned dude with curly hair and light eyes is one of the best basketball players the world has ever seen. Black cat. Come on, man. I sound like Biden. Come on, man. You see that motherfucker fall off a, a standing uh, standing still on a bike? That is wild. He is old, man. We got to stop fucking with these old-ass motherfucking dudes, man. We really do. But anyway, Steph Curry, you got you to gotta give it to him, man. Cause I remember when he was in college. We all do. He's too light. He's too slight. He He's not tough enough. It, you know, um... Will he be able? Will his body be able to put up with the wear and tear of the league? I, I, if I remember correctly, he did have a pretty bad ankle injury early on in his career, and people were like, "See, this this kid just doesn't have the body. He's too frail. He's too small." I mean, to be honest, he's really just an average sized guy. And when you look at all the greatest players to ever play, play, they're not average guys. I mean, he he's he's built like. The guys from back in the day, like Heber, I don't even know how tall Heberchek was, but you look at those those uh, highlights from back in the day. Those guys weren't big; they seemed very normal. And Steph Curry, 
you know, aesthetically is a very normal guy. He's a guy you could, you'd see him at fucking Target. You, you could walk by a guy that's 6'2", you know what, maybe like a, 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 a buck 80. He doesn't look, I mean, but LeBron and Shaq and, and uh, you know, Kobe and all those dudes. I mean, fuck, we talking 6'6", six, six at, at, at least, 220. That's not very average. They're going to stick out. And you, you're going against other guys that big and bigger. I mean, that's what made Iverson so goddamn great. He was tiny. This little-ass dude just dunking on people, just weaving through traffic. Unbelievable. So my hat goes off to Steph Curry, man, because I just, I, I, I didn't believe it. I, I have to say, I was one of those guys. I didn't believe it. I I jumped on the train a little. I was like, you know, okay, he's got something. I will say I fought him being one of the best shooters uh, for a while. I was a huge Ray Allen fan. That's that's what I grew up knowing and, and who I grew up wanting to be. And uh, this kid came out of <laughs> Davidson and just took the league by storm. And this yeah, it's, it's, it's wild, man. It's wild. Congrats to him. Uh, honestly, I, I can't hand on the guy. I, I'm not a Steph Curry hater. I, I love to see uh, great performers, great athletes. Um, people shit on like Tom Brady and all the uh, dynasties and stuff. Even though I might not be a fan of that team, I still can step back and go, you know what? I'm I'm witnessing something that is great here. I, I can't hate on the greatness. I, I, I love the sport of basketball so much that I just love to see people who are exceptional at it because I'm not. That was the biggest dream of my life. It And it was never going to come true. I've I've always had a love for the game, and it, I absolutely love exceptional basketball players. It just it's something I wish I could do, and people like that will always have a special place in my heart, man. It just I I love to watch it. It's something I could not do, and I wish I could. And I have so much admiration and respect for uh, basketball players, man. It's it's what I want to do. And I also like too nowadays they show all the workouts that go involved with it. You know, you hear people, all oh, these guys don't deserve X, Y, and Z. Look at all the fucking work these guys put in, the the, the number of hours, the, the number of shots, the workouts, just putting your body through all that, even in the off seasons. I'm glad that they're, they're pulling the curtain back and you see what these dudes do to become great. No. <clears throat> Man, but shout out to the Golden State Warriors and uh, I'm excited to see the pieces that are going to be moving around next year, see where Kyrie ends up. Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. LeBron is at that at that stage in his career where, where he, will he go back home? Um, will he, you know, let's see what this season looks like. Will he go, fuck it, I'm going to Golden State. Fuck it, I'm going to, you know, uh, Milwaukee. Will, will he do something like that? It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, LeBron in, the, in these last few years. Uh, I would like to see him win at least one more. I want to see him win one, one more. That that would be dope. Um, what would, Wouldn't it be crazy if this motherfucker stayed in the league long enough and won a championship with his son? That would be crazy. Absolutely insane. But, all right, so let me not digress too much on the basketball. So uh, I will say this. I'm going to keep it short, sweet, to the point. Uh, I've been watching these January 6th hearings and I will say I absolutely love these. I, I, I love to see them unpack all the lies that were told, 
to what extent all this went on. I love to see this shit come crumbling down. I do not want to see my country come crumbling down. I do not. But I do want to see any and everybody involved with this game, these lies, this entire thing. They should be removed from the government immediately. Donald Trump should never be able to run. No one in his family should be able to run ever again. If anybody out there running for office is a election denier, you are allowed to have your opinion. You can have your fucking opinion. But guess what? You are not allowed to run for office with that shit. This this thing almost destroyed our country. And what's crazy is we're not even done with this. Because if they th- decide to take this shit to trial and, and charge this guy criminally at some point, there's no telling where this would go. But I, I, I understand that that's it's a tough position. But if this man broke the law, he needs to be persecuted. Or pros- not persecuted, prosecuted. This should be sent to trial. And if it's tough and if, if it tears America apart then so be it. We You can't let shit like that slide. You just got to get control of everything. No one, no one is above the law. We cannot start that precedent. No one is above the law. I, I, um, now do I think this, these, uh, hearings are changing people's minds? Um, to a degree. Yes. I, I've said this before. They're laying it all. They're laying it all out now. So from this point forward, you can believe what you want to believe, but I think from 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 the time the hearings are done and everything is out there and they've let everyone know this is exactly what happened. Here are the people who are involved. This is what this is everything that happened from that point forward. Everyone, you're either saying. You're saying if you still believe this, you're just saying I'm ignoring all of these facts. I do not care about any of that stuff. I am here on out officially an election denier. They don't care about facts or any of that type of shit. This is, this is their, uh, and uh, this isn't the best example. And I mean, no disrespect to anybody in that community, but this is like their trans thing. Like they, when it comes to the trans thing, they're they're so caught up in facts and science and like, wait, well, they want to ask me, well, what's a woman? You want to get into the weeds and seeds and and and, and scientific uh, facts about what's a woman, what's a man, DNA and all type of shit? Well, here you are presented with facts. And you want to ignore them. Just like you're saying that people who 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 are, who are trans are doing. You're doing what you said that they're doing. But guess what? In, in my book, someone saying that they're trans doesn't affect my life. It it, it doesn't affect uh, our country to the point of where you have someone lying about uh, fraud that did not exist. I mean, if you're watching it, you've seen the stories. You, you've seen the, the lives that this has, have, has uh, compacted. Impact, not compact, impacted. See, that that's the shit they're not showing y'all. In, anytime black people are, are fucking up, doing stuff, um, or, or liberals for that matter, you know, going to people's houses, walking through neighborhoods, harassing uh, conservative judges or what, whoever it may be, because or, or some, some cops, family, or whoever it may be, for whatever cause it may be. Republicans are quick. This isn't right. This is wrong. This is dangerous. We're going to people's houses. We shouldn't be doing this. This is harassment. But you watch this. You watch these hearings and you will you see the stories of these these same people who claim to hate all the riots and 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 they want people to be treated decently. And this is all this stuff isn't isn't fair um, that, 
you know, we need law and order. They don't want people uh, protesting in the streets. Get out of the street. Don't do that. They want to run protesters over. All that shit. They don't like any of this stuff. But you watch these hearings. They're going to these uh, election workers' homes. They're emailing them. They're finding them on social media. They're threatening their family. They're threatening their children with sexual crimes, murder, assassination, all that type of shit. But they, they, they'll focus on when, when, when liberals will get out of hand. But when it's their own, they got nothing to say. Look at the last few years. Look at the violence towards teachers, superintendents, school board people, school officials when it comes to wearing masks and COVID. January 6th, they attacked our Capitol because they were lied to. They were attacking election officials, uh, poll workers, intimidating people. This, this is textbook terrorism. Everything they've always accused people of it has been an admission of, of what they've been doing this entire time. They stand for absolutely nothing. They call everybody else entitled. But when things don't go their way, look look what they're doing. And I'm not saying that black people don't tear shit up when we don't. We do. I'm not, the thing is, I'm not denying the shit. I don't, I don't condone the shit. But, hey, I'm not lying about it. Where's your proof? Where's your proof that there was election fraud? Y'all always talk, where's your proof that something was racist? Where's your proof for racism? You don't have any? Okay, you got to let it go. They had to do something with merit. This person was better. This person was X, Y, and Z. Where's your proof that there was election fraud? There is none. See, now, now they don't even want proof. Now it's all about, well, it's just how I feel. I just, I just don't feel like this is right. Well, guess what? There are people who don't feel like they're a man or they're a woman, even though that's how they were born. And you don't want to hear that shit, do you? You just want to point to the facts that they were born a man or a woman. I just don't like the, I won't say, I want to say it was in New Mexico. The dude even said that there was no fraud. He just, he just, just, he just felt like there was some weird thing with the software. You don't even fucking know what that means. People like that, they don't even, they don't even like technology. <laughs> they think it's all dumb. They want to go to back in the 50s where we had none of this shit, when it was, where it was easier. It was much simpler. And the thing is, even those times didn't exist. You, you, you think it was, it, was, it was simpler just because they didn't have a computer? I've said it so many times, just because old man Ned's Cows got out the uh, fence. You just people are obsessed with this small town hardware store. Everybody knows everybody. Mayberry shit that was never even a thing. You hate TV. You hate Hollywood. But then you base your entire like uh, desire. You base your entire. Um, your damn political platform and you, you, you fantasize about America. It's all based on Hollywood imagery and shit. That's not even real. The kids fucking running around the, the street with the, with the, with the hoop and the stick, with the fucking big lollipops. You got the milkman. Yeah. I mean, women stayed home. It, there were no black people in your neighborhood. <laughs> that's, that's what you want. Hmm. <laughs> and the, yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's what we want. Fuck that. 
The mattresses sucked. No air conditioning. The shit was it wasn't great, man. People broke shitty hours. It's terrible. The fucking food sucked. Let's be honest. So it wasn't great. You just want to go back to your childhood. That's all it is. You want to go back to when you had no responsibility. But anyway, I digress for way too long. Um, July 8th, I'll be in Rochester at the uh, Carlson, the Rickles Room. I got a bunch of my friends there. Come on out. This Friday, I'll be in D.C. at some art gallery show. I also might be at Hotbed. I haven't heard back yet, but I should be at Hotbed. I'll be at some art gallery. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, seeing my friends, recording shit. All right, there's a show. That's the show. I'm out. Peace. Enjoy the rest of your week. Go fuck yourselves, as Bill Burr would say. And that's it.